This summer, we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, um, and just this is probably one of the most incredible messages that we see in the Word of God, uh, spoken by Jesus himself, and uh, just practical things on how we live out our Christian life and, and what God expects from us. And so we've been digging in uh, to, into Matthew chapter 5 through uh, Matthew chapter 7, and uh, we're going to be looking at a, a, a passage today that Jesus gives about judging. And, and my prayer for you this morning is that we, every single one of us would see ourselves in this passage. Um, because I think for every single one of us, either we've been judged unfairly or we've given unfair judgment towards others. And so um, at, the, at the root of this is, is Jesus speaking to our hearts. How do, we, how do we deal with those that unfairly judge us? And how do we deal with the world that we see around us that we can easily say, man, why are they doing what they're doing? And, and how, do we, how do we react as Christians? And how can we uh, better serve the world? And so if you've got your Bibles, I want to jump into this. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7. And uh, we're going to be looking at the first six verses about not judging. And so uh, let's dive into this right away this morning. Jesus speaking, he says... Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, uh, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Um, if you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Um, I can remember probably, oh, it's got to be 20 something years ago. Um, where there was this this start of reality shows on on television, and uh, one of these starts one one of the reality crazes that started then was um, court TV, where you had how many remember Judge Wapner on People's Court, and then it just started this whole thing, and and um, and then after Judge Wapner uh, was Ed Koch, who was the mayor of New York City, and uh, so they had all these judges on the show, and um, it, it started this wave of of court TV shows, and it's it's all based around making judgments. And what what the shows would try to do is, you know, obviously you have these two defendants, these two people that come in, and they were fighting against each other, and then finally the the judge would make his verdict on on who's guilty, who's not, who owes a person money, who doesn't owe people uh, money, and um and and and, and we're trying to figure out who who's the guilty party, and we figure out what we would say and how we would judge them, and all of us here always are like, throw the book at them. Give them the highest fine, right? We, we, we're, we're just like that in our nature. And then there's this whole host of shows that popped up where for 60 minutes they keep you guessing on whether the person is guilty or not, like 48-hour mysteries. And you watch for the first 10 minutes, you say, oh, yeah, they're guilty. Yeah, they did it. And you're looking at your spouse going, they did it. I know they did it, right? And then five minutes later, they, they bring in this new evidence. And you're like, man, I don't think they did it. I, I think... The, that was weird right there. That, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't on purpose, by the way. Um, and then it was going to dun, dun, dun. Um, and then you look and you're like, and then five minutes after that, you're like, no, 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 I do think they did it now. 
because I didn't know that evidence. And so they, they want to keep you for the whole 60 minutes, right? They don't, wanna, they don't want you to tune out after 10 minutes, just giving you all the evidence right away. And so they keep you guess, guessing to the very end. And for 60 minutes, you go back and forth. And then when the program's over, you look at your spouse and you say, see, I was right. See? Meanwhile, we flip-flop for, for 60 minutes on whether that person was uh, guilty or not. See, casting judgment on someone else is very easy. How many of you cast your judgment on someone without all the facts? See, it's, it's easy for us to jump to conclusions without knowing all the facts. And, and, and then if we turn it around, it's not very fun when someone casts judgment on us without knowing all the facts. They assume things, and then many times we jump to these conclusions. And really, this is at the heart of what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is saying is, listen, judgment is very serious. This isn't critiquing someone. This is actually saying, Jesus is saying, you're casting judgment on someone. He says, don't take this lightly. Don't cast your judgments lightly. Because what I call is when we don't have all the facts, I call this filling in the gaps. And when we fill in the gaps... Our nature is to fill in the gaps, usually with negative things and not positive things. We, we, we usually assume the worst in that situation. Can I get an amen? Because that's really kind of true right there, right? Am I true there? No one wants to say amen because no one wants to admit that they're, that they're wrong in this situation. But we do. Many times we end up filling in the most negative things, um, we, we may see somebody maybe at work and, and they come in late and we say, oh, that person slept in. I know that person slept in, not knowing that their child was sick. And then we say, oops, I didn't know that. You know, now if somebody does it all the time and they come in late because they're sleeping in late. That's one thing. But many times when we don't know the whole story, we tend to jump to the most negative thing. We tend to fill in the gaps with negative things. There's nothing worse than trying to resolve a relationship when the other person wants to remain indignant. Or, or they don't want to hear the whole story. They want to remain in, in their judgmental attitude. And it's a horrible feeling to have someone mad at you or have a misunderstanding and they f unfairly judge your motives without talking it out with you. And so at the, at, at, at the heart of this passage, Jesus is saying, listen, we've got to be careful because this comes down to our hearts. We've got to be careful about casting judgment right away. And this one passage, I believe, is, 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 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because we all deal with this. We all deal with it. And, 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 um, and this is probably one of the most favorite passages with people who don't go to church. People who don't go to church know this first. They know, do not judge or you too will be judged. And, and we understand that people in the world, when they use this verse, all of a sudden they become theologians because they, they know this first. And th they may use it a little differently. They may say, hey, stop judging me. Or why, uh, you know, who are you? Are you the judge? Who made you the judge? And usually it's basing things on morality. It's amazing how this verse comes up to justify an immoral lifestyle. Uh, don't tell me how I should live my life. Or you try to explain to someone what the Bible has to say clearly about something, something that's right, something about sin, and right away they meet you with that, stop judging me, right? 
And, and you're just trying to explain them something that the word of God has to say. Now, what is at the core of this passage? Is Jesus saying that we should never judge or that we should never critique the world? I, I don't believe that's not what he's saying. I believe what Jesus is saying here is he's peering into our hearts and our hearts must first be filtered through the cross of Jesus Christ. And, and, and what Jesus is saying, listen, before you cast judgment, understand who you are first. That if you were to filter your life through the cross of Jesus Christ by admitting that we're sinners in need of grace, this will protect actually my heart from this judgmental attitude of superiority. And this is what Jesus is really getting to. We must realize that my heart can be deceitful if it is not checked. And so it's much easier... Uh, we are much easier on ourselves than we are on other people. We're much easier to give ourselves grace than we are to give other people grace. We show ourselves much more grace than we'd offer other people. And so the, the question we need to ask ourselves, why do I do that? Why, why can I become so judgmental or quick to judge people or quick to judge their motives? And, and, and I'm much easier on myself and, and I give myself much more grace. Let me tell you the reason why. Here's the reason why. The reason why is this. When we look at ourselves and the reasons why we do things, we will always look at our motives for doing something. We judge our motives for why we did what we did. For others, it's much different. What we do is we judge their actions. We judge what they did. We don't tend to look at their motives for what they're doing, we tend to look at their action. So when we're defending ourselves, we will always talk about our motives. We will say things like, this is not what I meant. Or I didn't mean to say that. Or those were not my intentions. And so unless we talk things out with people, some people can just assume and judge the reason why we did our actions without asking for our, ten, uh, our intentions. And it's amazing when you talk to somebody and you work those things out and you say, no, those weren't my intentions. Here's, here's what I meant. But when we look at others, when we look at others, we say, you did this and you did that. We very rarely will try to understand their heart and their motive behind why they did it. Let me give you an example here to, to make sense of this. Um, when someone is tailgating me and I'm driving and someone is tailgating me, and all of you know I'm very patient when I drive. Um, and so if someone's tailgating me, here's my first reaction is, is always this. When someone is very close, right on my bumper, and they're tailgating me, my first reaction is always this. I always think, must be a medical emergency. Um, this man must need to get his pregnant wife to the hospital, right? This is always my first reaction. I always think about their motives, and I always think positive things. Now, if you believe that, I've got some swamp land in Florida that I'd like to sell you, right? This is not what we think. Our first reaction, or my first reaction is, what is this maniac doing, right? And then I slow down to irritate him even more, right? Yeah, what, you know, what a jerk. What does this person think? Do they think they own the road, right? Just pass me already, right? And so we automatically cast what? Judgment. That's just what we do. We just automatically cast judgment. And so let's look at the heart of what Jesus is trying to, to bring across. And what really is at the heart of this passage is Jesus gives us precautions 
for passing judgment. He gives us some big precautions here about passing judgment. Once again, Jesus is looking into our hearts. He says, don't be quick with your judgment. Don't play God. Watch your pride. And so what Jesus is warning us here, he's warning us of a couple things here. And uh, you can take notes. I got your notes there in your bulletins. But, but I want you to look at a couple things here because Jesus warning here. He's warning us of a couple things here that we need to really guard our hearts in this area of judgment because Jesus sees judgment as a very serious, serious thing. And so if we are going to critique something or judge something, Jesus says, you better make sure you watch your words. You better be sure that you don't jump to conclusions because the measure that you judge, it will come back on you. And so Jesus says, don't mess around here. And I think what happens is we are very, very too quick to judge and to place ourselves in the seat of the superior seating or superiority looking down at people. And Jesus says, you better be careful not to put yourself there because if you do, it will come back onto you. And so he's saying, be very careful. Walk with caution. Be very cautious the way you walk here. And so let me give you a couple of things here. What he guards us against is a couple of things. So first of all, Jesus says, guard against undue harshness. Guard your heart against undue harshness. And so what, what he's saying here, Jesus says, with the same measure that you pronounce judgment, that same measure will be used against you by God himself. And we may think, wow, pastor, that's, that's pretty hard. Yes, it is. Jesus isn't messing around here. He's saying, be very careful about how you pass judgment. Uh, and, and so he, he's not saying that we're never to critique the world, but there's a vast difference, Jesus is saying, between a critique and literally passing judgment upon somebody you, you you're casting judgment on someone without clearly having all the facts and that's why jesus says he says don't give dogs which is sacred or pearls to pigs both are scavengers and they would not appreciate it he says we are to be merciful yet discerning at the same time wisely discerning the true character of people and if you're going to be if you're going to discern a situation you better go to the Lord with that. You better pray about it and say, God, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this person. I'm not sure about their character. Lord, I need to have a discerning heart here. And before I'm quick to share that with somebody else, because what we tend to do is when we get negative feelings about our other people, we tend to, we want, we want other people to pull them into our camp. And that's where divisions and factions can happen very easily and very quickly in churches if we're not careful with that. And so what he's saying here is he's saying, listen, we're not, it's not that we're never to critique people or to, or, or to, or, or to say, Hey, there's something wrong here. What Jesus is saying, listen, have a discerning heart here. Be very careful. Bring this thing to the Lord. Make sure that God has your heart first in this situation. And before you begin to judge and, and assassinate someone's character, you better run this before the Lord and make sure that you have the spirit of God in the way that you deal with this. And so we are to be merciful and discerning at the same time, wisely discerning the true character of people. Here's the issue. But when I pass judgment, when I'm, when I'm quick, Jesus says, with my judgment, I place myself in the seat of superiority. And this type of judgment is a judgment of unforgiveness. 
It's a judgment of self-righteousness. I'm above you. That's a dangerous place to be, Jesus says. It's the danger that we ourselves are playing God. And that's why Jesus says, be very careful here. Be very careful to first examine your own heart and your own life before you do this. And this is Jesus' warning that you too will be judged in the same manner. So how do we guard ourselves against harsh or undue judgment without getting all the facts or understanding this in a complete manner? The second thing I want you to see is guard against not evaluating your own life. This is where it gets very dangerous. When we see other people doing something wrong or we want to judge someone else, many times this is a masquerade for hiding our own sins. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? This is fun, Pastor. This is such a fun message, right? Believe me, I was sitting this morning going, ouch, 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 right? Listen, many times we don't, we don't guard ourselves against our own lives and that we fall into the same sin, the Bible tells us, if we're not careful here. And so what happens? We get angry and we get mad at what someone else is doing. How can they do that? And we watch TV and we're yelling at the TV and we're mad at somebody else. And then meanwhile, God's saying, you're not even guarding your own heart here. And you can fall into the same trap. So guard against not evaluating your own life. What Jesus is saying here, he says, you're looking at your brother and you see the speck in his eye. You see all the problems and all the issues, and you get so concerned with them that you stop evaluating your own life. And we can actually hide our problems and our sin behind their speck. Okay, good. That, that, that was a really good amen spot right there. So here's the thing. The th- listen to me closely. The thing that we are very judgmental about can be the very thing that we struggle with ourselves. Right? The the very thing that we can tend to really be mad about and be very boisterous about and be very vocal about, if we're not careful, if we're not evaluating our own heart, can be the very thing that we struggle with. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there, okay? See, when Jesus says, listen, you know, be careful when you look at the speck of your brother's eye because you've got the plank in your eye. Obviously, this is a hyperbole. This is obviously Jesus is overstating the point here to make a point. There's this book that I recently read. And it was called Dangerous Calling by Paul Tripp. And he was a pastor, great writer, written many good books on parenting and marriage, a great author. And in this Dangerous Calling book, he really ex, uh, exposes his own heart in a very dangerous um, season of his life when he was battling with anger. And when he was a pastor, everybody at church said, oh, he's fine, growing church, growing Christian school. But at home, he was different. He was allowing the pressure of ministry to invade his life to where it showed up in anger at his home. Now, everybody saw it. Um, I mean, no one else saw it except for his wife. And his wife kept praying for him, trying to deal with him. He says, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. But he had this anger issue that, that no one else saw but his wife. And he made some very harsh statements against her. And it was getting to the point where she, where she just 
didn't know what to do. And, and finally, the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, revealed this to him. And he really uh, is open and vulnerable in the book about this. And he, he said something here that really kind of caught my eye, that really, that really kind of ministered to my heart. And because we can all fall into this trap. He said he was so busy helping and working through others' sin issues that he himself became detached from his own need for God's grace. Catch this, catch this, catch this. We can become so angry at what other people are doing and how we've been treated or mistreated um, that we can stop realizing that, wait a minute, I'm a sinner that needs God's grace too. I need God's grace to deal with this situation because I can become bitter and disattached from God speaking to my heart now because I've immersed myself in my anger towards this other person or towards this situation or towards the world or towards society, whatever it may be, where we don't realize that we need God's own grace. And so what began to happen is his personal devotional life with Christ became swallowed up by his sermon preparation. And I just want to share you his thoughts here because this is really interesting. He said this. He said, the false identity that many of us have assigned to ourselves then structures how we see and respond to others. He says, you are most loving, patient, and kind, and gracious when you are aware that there is no truth that you could give to another that you don't desperately need yourself. You are most humble and gentle when you think that the person you are ministering to is more like you than unlike you. When you have inserted yourself into the category that tends to make you think that you have arrived, it is very easy to be judgmental and impatient. See, this is where we need to guard our heart. For this pastor, he just thought, listen, I'm, I'm, because I'm ministering to so many people, ministering to their sins, I, I disassociated myself with them. I, I felt like I was more unlike them than actually like them. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, in every single one of us, if we're not careful, we can have this judgmental attitude. And we think that we're not like everybody else, but in fact, we're more like them. And the more I disassociate myself from that, the more I remove myself from a sinner that needs God's grace myself. And that's why he says you need to look at the speck in your own eye first so that you can rightly discern the situation with the right heart. Can I just say this? Listen, I think so many problems can be resolved if we enter it with the correct heart. If we enter it with a humble heart. I think many times when we try to resolve situations, we come in with this hardness and um, this judgmental attitude, and um, it makes everybody defensive, and we're, we're, we're not coming in with a Christ-like heart. That doesn't mean we're going to be best friends with everybody, and that doesn't mean we're going to, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean everything is going to be copacetic and perfect, but it just means how am I dealing with these situations with a humble heart, Lord, that, that I know that my heart is right here, and that I'm not, I'm not allowing this to become poison in my own in my own heart. And so I think a lot of things can be resolved in our, in our own lives by just allowing ourselves to be humbled by God's grace. 
So let's get the third thing here. The third thing I think Jesus is, is telling us to look at here. He says, the, the, the more judgmental I become, the less repentant I become. The more judgmental I become, the less repentant I become. So, so how do I guard myself from becoming harsh in, in my judgment and, and, then, and then not tender to God in repentance? So how do I guard myself from becoming harsh in my judgment and not tender to God in my repentance? The, the answer is, is very easy. The answer is we have to filter our life through the gospel message. And so when we humble when we are humbled by what Christ has done for us, when we are grieved over our own sin and shortcomings, when we see that we are sinners in need of God's grace and mercy, it's at that point, listen to me closely, it's at that point when we can help someone else remove the speck from their eye. Because I'm going to come to this in a totally different way. When I filter my life through the gospel message, when I'm grieved over my shortcomings and I know that I'm not perfect and that I'm a sinner that needs grace, when we see that we're sinners and we need God's grace and mercy, when I go to that person and I speak to them about their speck, guess what? My heart and my attitude is going to be completely different. It's then we can help someone else remove the speck from the, their own eye. I'm not going to come with this judgmental attitude. I'm going to come with a submissive, humble attitude that's been filtered through the cross of Jesus Christ. When we rightly discern, we will rightly discern and see others through correct lenses now. It's not going to be these judgmental lenses. It's going to be the lens through the cross of Jesus Christ. It's then we can speak into other lives with the right heart and the right motives. Because my heart has been filtered. My heart has been filtered through the cross, through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And see, this is, where, this is where I believe prayer and Bible reading are so important. I think sometimes we can tend to approach prayer and Bible reading um, without application. And, and I think when we, I think at the end of the day, we, we, when we read the word of God and we pray, we have to say, God, how, how do I apply this to my own heart and my own life? And many times I think we read the word of God and we look at the scriptures. Oh, this is for this person. But this verse right here, I'm going to give it to them tomorrow because they need to hear this verse, right? And in a judgmental way, not in an encouraging way, right? To correct them, right? And, and, and how many know that this doesn't work? Because I'm not doing it with the right heart. And so when I read God's word, I, I have to be in this position, in this place where I'm saying, God, please apply this verse to my own life into my own shortcomings? And how are you speaking to me? And I think that's a good way to approach prayer and Bible reading. It's like, God, I submit myself under your authority. You deal with my heart and you deal with my life so that I can hear you more clearly. So that when, when, when I deal with people and I, and I deal with people who, who harshly maybe judge me, um, I'm going to deal with it in the right way because I know I want to deal with it with the heart of Christ. Does that make sense? See, see that's really what, 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 what Jesus is, is going for in this passage. He's dealing with our heart first. He's not, it's not that we're letting people off the hook that have done mean things or wrong things or, or, or unduly judges for, for wrong motives or clearly don't see why we did things for the way we did. 
It's when I deal with those things and I filtered my own heart, my own life through the cross of Jesus Christ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with that situation in a completely different way because I'm going to have the heart of Christ and the spirit of Christ. Now, the way that person reacts or deals with it is the way they're going to react and deal with it. That's not, your, that's not your issue. That's between them and the Lord. God's concerned with you and how you deal with it and making sure that there's not undue harshness or, or a judgmental attitude. And what's the last thing here? here? Here's what's really important. Here's the last thing. And then we're going to take communion together. And, and um, I, just, I just believe that this, um, that this message really fits perfectly with communion um, because Paul actually speaks on how we are to come to the communion table correctly. And, and I know we take communion every month. And I think sometimes we just come before the Lord's table and we don't really think about what we're doing. And we tend not to look at our lives um, in the way we're acting or treating other people. Maybe we just take communion and we, we don't think about it. But in fact, Paul says, listen, you better be careful to examine your own hearts. Don't, don't come to the table quickly. You examine your heart and your life. And there's anything wayward in there that you give that to the Lord before you take the element. So th- this, is, this is important. I believe that the message filters good in, in, in with the message that we're talking about today. So l- let me give you the last point. The last point is here is, is guard against not understanding someone's story. Guard against not understanding someone's story. So what do I mean by that? It's much easier for me to sit in my place of judgment than to really understand the background of why someone's doing what they're doing. See, when you begin to understand people's story, it sheds new light on maybe the reason why they're acting the way they are. And all of a sudden, it gives you maybe a little bit different perspective and it gives you a little more patience to deal with that situation or that person that is, is unduly giving criticism towards you or judging maybe you unfairly, when you understand that person's background, it tends to give you more patience and understanding for why they're doing what they're doing. And I think the hardest thing for us is that um, we tend to want to sit in our, either our judgmental attitude or not want to know the story or, or work deeper in understanding why people do what they do. Because it's easier for us to say, you know, I don't care, and just, and just sit back and not do anything about it. But when you understand someone's story, it really helps you to understand maybe the reason why they're acting the way they, they did. This, this reminds me of a story when I was a youth pastor in South Carolina. And there was this boy, Stephen, in my youth group, and he was the most annoying junior high kid I've ever met in my life. He was just annoying. I mean, just drove me crazy. And each week he'd come in, I'd say, hey, Stephen, how you doing? He goes, no, my name's not Stephen this week. It's Eric. I said, okay, Eric, what's up, Eric? Right? Then the next week it'd be Stephen. And the week after that it'd be Eric. He'd just back and forth. And, and he just had story after these just stories, stories. Stories are a story. I, I don't know if they're true or not, but he just loved to talk to me, and he would just take a lot of my time. And um, I, I, I've got my CDL license, and I would drive the church bus, and we would go on these long trips. Sometimes these were eight to ten hour trips, and guess who would sit right by me? Eric. I mean Stephen. I mean Eric. They, he would sit right next to me. Eight hours with 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 Stephen. 
And by the end of that eight hours, I just want to jump out of the bus. I'm looking for a bridge. Can I make it over this bridge? Can I jump out the window now and jump into this river? It was just, and uh, it was just, you know, just, he just loved to talk. Just junior high kid. Drove me crazy. Until I found out his story. Eric was this kid. Who I didn't know his grandparents brought him to church. He was a boy, didn't know who his father was. Mom lived in another city. And his parents brought him into his home, and they were at their wit's end, and so they, they brought him to youth group, and they thought, you know, maybe he'll, he'll find the Lord. And then I could be, began to find out about Stephen's background, that he was hurting, and he needed a friend, and he didn't have a lot of friends, and Moved around a lot. And I can remember one, it was in December, and I, I did this message on Mary and Joseph, and it was just not very evangelical. It wasn't a salvation message, really, just about Christmas and what Mary and Joseph had to endure to, to bring Jesus into this world. And, and he comes up to me after the service, and he goes, Pastor Bard. And I said, yeah, what, what's up? He goes, man, I get it now. I get the reason why Jesus came and I, I want to come to know Jesus as my Savior. I'm like, what? On that message? That thing was terrible. He goes, will you pray with me? And he came to the Lord that, that day in December. Stephen didn't irritate me anymore because I knew he needed a friend. I didn't know it was bad. I thought he was just an irritating junior high kid that didn't wear deodorant. That's all I thought, Right? Because every junior high kid doesn't know about deodorant. I didn't know. And um, he didn't irritate me anymore because I understood his story. And I'll tell you why I cast, not maybe judgment, but I really made a lot of critique for, towards, towards this young man. And God showed me a, vi- a very valuable lesson through the life of Stephen. Get to know people understand their background. Maybe the reason people are mean sometimes is because they just have a crummy background. Maybe the reason why people are the way they are is just because they've been so beat up by life, they don't trust anybody. And it gives us a lot more patience to deal with people. I heard a pastor say this. He said, I thought this was so good. Many times people are unlovable, not because they are unlovely, but because they are unloved. Many times people are unlovable, not because they are unlovely, but because they are unloved. And I think that was the case for Stephen. He was just, he just felt unloved. He just wanted someone to talk to. And so as we come to the, as we come to the communion table, um, Paul, Paul heeds these words to us by saying, listen, examine your heart. Examine your heart today. And I, I, would just, I would just ask you today, if there's a situation that you're going through today, maybe there's, maybe there's judgment that you've cast upon someone else and you don't have all the facts. Maybe you do have all the facts. I would just say, let, 
let your life be filtered through what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross? Maybe, maybe you're in a situation and you don't know the background of that person. Maybe that's the issue. Allow God to, to filter your heart and maybe say, you know what, let me give this person a little grace because I don't really understand their background. I don't know why they act the way they do. But Lord, give me patience to, to just deal with that situation in the right way. Maybe, maybe there's some of you that are getting undue judgment against someone else and you just say, God, I, I need your grace and mercy because I don't want to become bitter in this situation or place myself higher or in the place of superiority where, where I can easily... Um, become judgmental and then and then hide my own sins behind the speck of someone else. So let, let's really, when we come to the t- table today, let's be serious with God, with our relationships, and the way we deal with the world. I get so angry with myself when I jump to the judgmental attitude, even when I look at the world. And then I think to myself, am I, am I really allowing myself to be around worldly people? Or do I just sit in my little corner of my Christian world and just throw rocks? It's much easier to do that than to get involved in people's lives. So let God examine our hearts today as we come to the table of the Lord. Let me just say this. Communion is open to all of you who are part of the family of God and have put your faith in Christ Jesus. So I would say feel free to take communion. And if you haven't done that as we pray, you can come to the Lord and just put your faith in him today. And the Bible says he will save you. Let's just examine our hearts today. So, Lord, as we come before your table today, this is a sacred moment, God. And and I know, listen, we've all been the place where we've sat in the place of judgment or we received judgment. And, God, this message is all about guarding our hearts against undue judgment. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just examine our hearts today as we come before the table. We, We thank you that, Jesus, when you met with your disciples, you said, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body that's given for you. This is my blood that's shed for you. You took care of our sins through your own sacrifice. Jesus, you hung on the cross and you even said, Father God, forgive them for they know not what they do. You could have easily wiped us out in a second, but you knew that we needed a Savior, that we needed grace, that we needed mercy. So Lord, I pray that that would be our default as followers of you, that we would give grace and mercy in this world and to people that so desperately need it, God. Help us not to sit in that place of judgment and superiority that we can easily do, God. Guard our hearts from that. Help us to filter our lives through the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Help us to realize that we are sinners in need of grace and mercy as much as anyone else. So Lord, we thank you for this time. I thank you for what you've done for us. And as we take these emblems today, God, you would just speak to our hearts and our lives and we thank you for what you've done for us. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for your word. Your word is tough at times. This is a tough message. It's not easy, but we need your help and we need your grace. And thank you for your patience 
that you give to us each and every day. Thank you, God. It's because of your love that you desire people to be led into repentance. Thank you for your patience. We love you and we thank you. And so just prepare our hearts as we take communion today. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask these things. Amen, amen. As the ushers serve you today, I would just ask that you'd wait to the end and we'll take communion together as a family. So God bless you as they serve you. Just worship with the worship team today as they serve you. God bless you.